0: This is the, on the Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. So in Psalm, if you want, I'll send you my notes. So I'm just gonna throw stuff out. If you feel God wants to remind you of something, write it down. Otherwise, if you just give me your email before we leave out, I'll email you my complete set of notes, hand them to everyone. Okay. So Psalm 127, we all know, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its labor is labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Who's the house? See, that's where you've got to go. If the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house. Who's the house? You and me. So, unless the Lord builds you and I, Whatever we're working and doing is in vain. So, I said I'm going to answer his question. How do you get a church on mission? The statement I want to make to you is this. When the Lord builds the house, He takes a very good interest in your life. And no matter what you're going through right now, at the start of 2023, you are part of His building site. And I want you to be encouraged by the fact That your life is undergoing building unless the Lord builds the house. If you're feeling stretched, you're feeling you're being stripped, you're feeling you're being grown, you're being expanded, don't worry. God is simply building the house. That's it. He's building the house. There's pleasant moments and there's unpleasant moments. But He builds His house to suit His purposes. And you and I, have you ever noticed God doesn't give you the whole story? Has anyone ever noticed? Or which of you did God say, right, here's the plan for your whole life. God says to Moses, take this people and I want you to take them out to worship me. Nowhere did he mention 40 years, wilderness, parting of the sea, Pharaoh's going to hate you, nothing. I'm just go and let my people worship. A whole lot of stuff's got to unfold. God doesn't even tell him. God's not good at telling us everything. Why? I don't know. But I think the fact that faith pleases him without faith it's impossible. I, I have a feeling that He loves it that we trust Him. He loves it that we rely on Him. Okay. So now, unless the Lord builds the house. So the first house He builds is you. He's part of a building project. More than that, He's building your church. Right? That's also a building project. More than that, He has a house called the Nations. That He's trying to get into the kingdom of God. So I want to read you a story. And then we're going to just talk. I'll just throw you, throw, you out a, throw you out a few points, okay? And I'm going to have to read the story here in the Bible. John, chapter 6. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to turn me And I'm in the ESV, so let's go to the NRV 1984, because that's what I read. Uh Okay. sometime after this Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee that is the Sea of Tiberias and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sea then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples the Jewish Passover feast was near when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him he said to Philip Philip <coughs> Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He said this only to test him. For already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him. Eight months wages wouldn't buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Exclamation. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. "There's a boy with five small body loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in their place. The men sat down, about 5,000 of them, so we know the overall total is about 8,000. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted be proved the same in When they had all had enough to eat, He said to His disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five body loaves left over by those who were eaten. So, unless the Lord builds the house so Jesus wants to spend time with his disciples. Pulls them to a mountainside. A whole crowd comes. And he's sitting with Gareth. And he puts his arm around Gareth. He says, Gareth, we've got a problem coming here. He says, yeah, there's a lot of people. What are we going to do? Gareth's like, well, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? What did Jesus say? Um, why don't you feed him? He's like, well, we're up here with you. We're 12, with you. You know there's no restaurant. You know we've got nothing. I've, what are you trying to say to me? He only said this to test him because he knew what he was going to do. Okay? And I want to point out just a couple of things quickly. I want to point out in, in 10 or 15 minutes, six little things that the Lord wants to teach us. through. So that's the story of the feeding of 5,000 on how he wants to build with us. I want you to notice, the first thing that he put his arm around, I don't know if he did, but I'd imagine he put his arm around Philip and He said, what are we going to do here? The first thing Jesus wants to show his disciples is the seemingly impossible task in front of him. This is impossible. How do 12 guys with no resources feed vast numbers of people? Huh. Faith requires obedience, right? Not just understanding. What I'm trying to say is this. Often, you look at the state of our country, you look at the state of where we are, you think the task is so big, I can't do this. It's actually too big. I'm just going to lead my people and lead the rest to whatever. And in this passage, Jesus says, the first thing I want you to see is the supernatural and huge task ahead of you. The sense of the mission needs to drive the urgency of the church. Mm. Amen. Yeah. If you don't have a sense of the impossible task in front of us, all you're going to do is look after your handful of people. Yeah. You're not going to be, you're going to be driven. And I've got hundred people. Next year I've got 120. We're doing so well. How about the 50 million that don't know him yet? You see, so, the, so what Jesus is saying is, Peter, uh, uh, you're here with me, but I want you to see not being here yeah, church, us together. I don't want you to see us. I want you to see the need. Because the church is driven by the fact that there are people who need him. You have to keep the urgency and the scope of the ministry in front of you. I said to someone the other day, they said to me, what's it like being a pastor? Isn't that horrible? I said, you know what, but I'll always have a job. As long as there's one unsafe person on this planet, I've still got a job. As long as there's one broken person, I still have a job. You can be replaced. Not me. So that's lesson number one. There's a lot more, but that's lesson number one. Lesson number two, it shows Jesus' own compassion for the crowd. None of the disciples came and said, Jesus, we've got a problem coming. He said to them, I want you to see something. I want you to see the heart of the Father. I want you to see my heart. Jesus saw the people put into order. He saw them actually fed. It's His heart we have to reflect. His heart of compassion drives us. His heart for people drives us. And you know what did Jesus want? Listen now. This is important. Jesus wanted the people to be fed it sounds so simple how much of our time effort, and money that we're putting into our ministries is actually producing what Jesus wanted to produce out of our churches and how much are we paying salaries spending money doing this doing that and the fruitfulness just isn't there we're doing everything and all he said was get this food to those people who's the food by the way he said my body is bread right? We don't give them programs. We don't give them worship services. We don't give them prayer meetings. We have to give them the reality of a relationship with the living God that when you're not there, they can still walk with Him. Yes. We, I'm telling you now, we're too busy making our churches, our people church dependent instead of Jesus dependent. Then we wonder why they fall apart if we're not with them for three weeks. Are you hearing me? Yes. I mean, how many of you have ever been to a good South African bride? You know, as well as I do, that when you a bring and share, when you go to a bring and share, there's always more food left afterwards yeah. Yeah. than when you started. So then why, with 8,000 people, is there only 12 baskets? What was Jesus showing? What did He show Moses in the wilderness? I give you enough manna, enough daily bread for today, today. not for tomorrow. So what was Jesus showing? I will give them, if, if you're giving them proper food, you're giving them their food for today, and you who's giving them food, I'll make sure you get a basket full too. Yes. If you walk with me, you'll have an abundance. Yes. And they will learn to be fed every single day by me. Yes. Simple lesson. I've never heard anyone preach it, but it's a simple lesson. Just read it. Yes. So I ask you, is your ministry, number one, are you, is the urgency of the, of the unsaved leading your ministry? Number two, are you actually giving people the food they need? Go back and ask the Lord. Lord, am I doing what you've asked me to do? Am I accomplishing what you said? Number three, Jesus brings his disciples into his confidence. He shares his heart with them. He brings them close. I want to share. Are you carrying your actions and your faith? Are you stirred by the Holy Spirit what's driving your spirit right now today yesterday the day before Sunday's coming in a few days what is that driver going on in the inside what is pushing you now you know that the church is driven by the urgency of the need out there what's your driver what's the Holy Spirit said to you that he's not saying to somebody else what's that something that's driving you are you allowing him? are you giving him that space to speak are you allowing his spirit to churn more and more in your own spirit? Is, is his voice, which is a soft, gentle whisper, is it becoming louder than the other voices? Are you allowing it to? Number three. Number four. He says to test him. He said this to test him. Because all he wanted to do was show him what's in his heart and show him what's still needed to grow in maturity to carry what he needed to carry. Are you okay? So, I didn't mind school, but I don't like tests. You've got to study for them. What does a test do? It simply reveals where you are. So, whenever God allows you to be tested, He's simply showing you where you are, where you need to improve. I want you to see, He goes to Philip and He says, Philip. Out of 12 guys he chooses philip philip um how are we gonna what what do you think we should do what what was philip's response what's philip's response listen even if we had eight months of wages we couldn't give each one one bite this only saw problems and he's one of the disciples tested his heart philip's also the one who said show us the father when Jesus said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. Philip couldn't see it. Yeah. There's another guy who's got nothing to do with the conversation, who listens in, Andrew. Yeah. And he says, listen, I've got five, here's a guy with five barley loaves and two fishes. So I don't know how, how we're going to feed all of them, but I can give you something.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't Andrew also the one who went and found his brother Peter yeah. and said, we've found the Christ. And then Jesus says, I build my church on that guy. Andrew's not even written in the pages of scripture as being an amazing, amazing guy. The ministry, the feeding of 5,000 happened through Andrew. Peter's ministry later on happened through Andrew. You've got Andrew and Philip. They're both disciples. He tests both their hearts. Philip looks, sees an impossible situation. Andrew says, I don't know if it's enough, but I've got something. Mm-hmm. All he wants is your something. He just tests your heart. Number four. Number
1: five.
0: Our primary task is feeding. Our primary task is feeding. So I want to ask you this, don't answer it right now. Are you feeding God's people fresh bread, revelatory bread that you're getting? Or is it the stale bread of denominationalism? Is it the stale bread of whatever you did last week, or whatever you heard on the radio, whatever podcast you're listening to? Is it someone else's fresh bread that's now your stale bread you're giving to people? Or are you faithful enough to minister to them what you know you've heard God speak to you? Because His words are life. His words through a very average speaker will bring more life than not His words through a very good speaker. Whose words will amaze the people for the moment, but won't change their lives. Are you hearing me? Are we giving people the provision they need? Here's my question. Our primary task is feeding. How are you feeding yourself? Are you growing in your revelation of God? Are you different to what you were a year ago, two years ago? Are you the same? To quote a friend of mine, does God still take your breath away? Two friends of mine, both leading churches in the multiple thousands. The one was a little bit overworked at one time and he phoned his friend. And I know both of them very well. One of them literally did my wedding. He's really my good friend. And the one phoned the other one and said, man, I'm tired. Yes, running this big church. Because I'm telling you right now, sex, uh, sex, sex wait, whoa, whoa, success, wait, will test you like failure never will. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you who think, I've got a church of 50, Lord, give me 200, you're looking for big problems. When you've got 200, you say, give me 400, you're looking for even bigger ones. you got 400, 1,000, you're looking for bigger ones. Uh, just hear me, okay? And the one said to the other one, I'm tired. I just, I'm t- I just need some advice. This is all his friends said to me. He said, Listen, brother, I've got a question for you. Does Jesus still take your breath away? Has the church so consumed you with what you do that Jesus is no longer Jesus? And that's why, see, when I've got Him as fresh bread, I can stand and minister week in and week out, meeting in and meeting out. Yesterday was three, today's one, day's two. In the Netherlands, I don't know how many meetings. Unless you can draw from a personal revelation of Him, how do I feed you? How do I feed you unless I'm in? Are you okay? And, and number six, last one. What is in your hands to offer him What are your two your two fish and your five loaves? So I mean I wrote a few things down I don't know if it's valid or not but I wrote them down. Do you want to hear them? And they're only my suggestions okay you're free to have a different opinion. Um, so first one this is just great now. First one I think your pers- your first fish you offer is your personal walk with the Lord. The reality and the power of a form and tradition. The reality of your walk with Jesus. Now, I don't want to get into it too much, but you know, I think personally, when David the king, before he was king, saw Goliath coming at him, and this was his task in front of the whole of Israel, I thought to you, I, I, honestly, I think he's like, thank you, God. You've presented me a target this size, I can't miss. You've given me such a... My brother owns and runs game reserves, okay? So I've seen lions kill. I've seen the savagery with which a lion can kill. And they say a bear is stronger than a lion. Okay? When no one's watching, David, out of personal relationship with God, has said this, that sheep, that sheep there is worth a few rand. I'm worth a lot more. If that lion or that bed takes that sheep out, let it take it. My life's sure worth more. That's what I think. David goes and says, no, that's not the, I'm asking the wrong question. The question is this, what value does the sheep have to my father? So because that sheep has value to my father, I'm going to stand in the way with my life because this sheep has value to my father. You see, he's building up a credibility in heaven and then he's taking out a lion. And listen, If you give me the option, I can fight a lion, I can fight a bear, or a nine-foot guy. I'm taking the guy 10 times out of 10, because he's much easier than those two. The point I want to make is, when you have a personal walk with God, and you've walked things through, your hardest battles have already been fought. Before you get there. Yeah, but can I say this? It has to be a genuine walk with God, though. Can't be something fake. I think when he looked, he's like, you're joking. You're joking. (laughs) This is easy for me. Because he fought his Yeah. Your one piece of fish you offer Jesus is your walk with God. Your second is your obedience, I think. Your obedience to his call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to hear me, okay? Because I was asked a very sensitive question just now, which was, what happens to a ministry if you feel it's time to close? Or do you close when it isn't going well? That's a very serious question to ask. Because can I say this to you? God never calls a person or a church to an easy faith life. It's scary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you look through, through the Bible. People God used. They couldn't do it by themselves. But they did get it done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you don't have the courage to walk in faith. You've got nothing to offer Him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to break you. So. Your walk with God. And your, your faith. Your obedience to what He said. If He says it, go and do it. That's your fish. What are your bread? I just threw out five things. Your time your availability is one piece of bread. Another piece of bread, your spiritual gifts. Third one, your resources, your money. Number four, your plans. (laughs) And number five, your willingness to keep growing. Can you take those five pieces of bread and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you enough to break them. Because the only way we're going to feed those people is if you break what I give you while we're trying to hold on to it all the time. So my two fish, my walk with God, my obedience to His call, my bread is, Lord, can I give this to you? Can I, with courage, ask you to break it so we can supernaturally feed multitudes of people? So can, I give you, can I give you one comment that I hope will bring a bit of sanity? When David took out the lion and the bear, I don't believe there's any way he could have known the kind of king he was going to become. Yeah. Oh, you're right. He couldn't have. I don't think he could have known. Yes, there were moments when he'd been ordained by Samuel, but never. Uh, he didn't understand it. Mm. But he became a great king. But I want to remind you that Daniel. And I just did a whole series on him in our church, fifteen weeks on the book of Daniel. Daniel never changed a single person's life, but he influenced an empire.
1: Mm.
0: But didn't change anyone's life. Isaiah, the greatest prophet out of the Old Testament. Are you listening to me? The greatest prophet out of the Old Testament. Never saw the nation change. Never saw miracles. If you'd asked Isaiah by the time he died, would you be the most famous prophet in history? He'd have to say no. I think only when he died and went to heaven and now as he sits in heaven, when he looks out, he's like, I can't believe it. So many churches have based their lives on my prophetic utterance. There's no re- reflection that Isaiah was successful in any way. Because under his ministry, the nation still went into exile. They didn't listen to one thing he said. No. But everything he said came to pass. I, I want to give you sanity because what God's called you to do out of this, in feeding the 5,000 are doing what you're doing, do not measure your success by the numbers of people you're given. That's God's determinants. Yours is to do what you know he's told you to do to the best of your ability and allow his fruitfulness to count. Amen. Just walk walk free and walk in sanity this morning. Is that okay? Amen. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.